Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow's furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com/acast. That's burrow.com/acast. burrow.com/acast. Hey everyone and happy holidays. This is James with Dun 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 Shannon. We're the creators, writers, and voice actors for Halcyon, the Book of Pyman. With the winter holiday season upon us, we wanted to do something a little different. But please, rest assured, our next episode will still be coming out on our bi-weekly schedule. But Shannon and I wanted to do something extra for all of you, our listeners. Let's call it the Halcyon Holiday Special. But before we get to the gifts, we just have a few things to mention. As James talked about before in Chapter 3, this podcast has been in the making for nearly three years now. And we're still very excited that the world we've built, with its characters, mysteries, and adventures, is now out to share with all of you. We can't say it enough how much we appreciate all the support we've received from each and every one of you. Whether it's been a like, a share, a follow, patiently waiting two weeks for the next episode, or saving them up to binge on a long car ride or a plane ride. No matter how you've done it, thank you. Without all your support, our dear Professor Pyman, Miss Calliope, and this story would still just be notes and documents on our Google Drive. So again, from the bottom of our black little hearts, thank you. Also, our creative team here at Pyman Media is small. It's just me. (laughs) But we'd like to think very feisty. If you want to reach out, please do so on any of our social media channels or email us at halcyonpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Our producer, director, voice actor, and now social media manager, Jared, has been hard at work to bring you extras about the history 
and mythology that inspired our podcast. So please check that out on Instagram and TikTok. We are very excited to announce that we've been working on merch designs. While all the media is ready in a digital format, we would like to hear from all of you. Would you rock a House of Pyman t-shirt? Adorn your water bottle or laptop with some of our stickers? Or maybe stick on or sew on a patch to your favorite backpack or jacket? Let us know. Now it's time for presents. My favorite. Yes, presents. I'm sorry, I have absolutely no idea why I said it like that. (laughs) Anyway, recently we were given an amazing gift of our own and we are so thrilled to share it with all of you. We have a new outro song. The song is titled Nostalgia, and it was graciously provided by an incredibly talented artist and an amazing friend of the show, Paul from the band Cicero. Links to this song and the rest of their music and videos are available at linktree forward slash Cicero underscore emo. And don't worry, we're going to put the link in the show notes and we're going to link it to our website. But please go and check out Paul's other bands, Teeth for Eyes and The Cancer Years. Their music is available everywhere. And for the next gift, and I'm really excited about this one, please join us for the first of many excerpts from the Book of Pyman, which will be released as a periodic companion piece to select chapters, chronicling the professor's many tales and journeys both before and during his time with the circus. So for now, don't forget to stick around for our beautiful outro song, and we wish you the happiest of holidays as we present. The Book of Pyman Chapter 12 Verse 25 It had been many years since I had even looked at that particular artifact, let alone touched it. Somehow it had broken loose from its hook on the wall, likely jolted as we attempted to free the wagons from the snowdrifts. Weather like this is unusual in the south, even at this time of year and the circus is usually well put away and tucked in for the winter. But no. I allowed my foolish new partner, that weaselly Sidney Calamus, to book one more show on our way back to New Orleans. I stopped to regard the item I held. Ancient but imbued with no power save whatever its bearer could spare. I moved to replace it, but was distracted by some commotion just outside my door, which rattled as though a body had been thrown against it. I rushed over and threw it open, but there was nothing save a growing number of the show folk huddled around a growing bonfire presided over by Hestia. And then I saw them. The Calibus brothers, absorbed in battle, 
lobbing snowballs at each other as if they were still boys. Brothers. Some things never do change, I suppose. Observing the devilish glint in Silas's eye as he hit his mark. <laughs> and Sidney toppled over backward with no grace or ceremony. The victor trudged over and helped his vanquished foe stand up, trying to suppress a laugh, but failing miserably. They went to warm themselves by the fire, and then I saw my beautiful girls emerge from our lodging, wrapped in woolen cloaks and furs, and take their place around the flame. They beckoned me over as they settled on a nearby bench, drawn to the fire's glow in their luminous eyes. I made my way over to greet them and bask in their warmth. Although I am unbothered by the cold, they calm me. They bring me peace, my sweet girl. I found my place between the twins, but not before Hestia laughed as I walked by and pointed out the artifact I still carried. Calling us to battle, she asked. Those were the days. I do say, Professor, Sidney chattered. What is that thing? Do tell us about it. Why, your items all have the most fascinating tales. And what else are we to do on a night like this? The crowd around the fire all murmured and agreed, calling for a story. I tightened my grip around the item in my hands, the smooth surface warming to the touch as I sat close to the fire. It was the horn of an ox, large and intricately carved with symbols and runes to carry its call far and wide. Yes, a call to battle, but also a call to safety and a call to endure. I looked around at all the anxious faces, all around the firelight, and nodded. A story you shall have, dear people. A story you shall have. I give to you the horn of the wild hunt. <laughs> Many millennia ago, there was a king. Now he thought himself a rather good king and protected his people fiercely, passionately. They were his children, all of them. Though the rest of the world saw them as strange, odd, 
and even fiercer. The king, he loved them dearly. He journeyed to all ends of the world to find them in an attempt to bring them all together. For they had been scattered to the four winds after a great war. They would be safer that way, in a conclave of their own. They would have to hide no longer from the people who hunted them and feared them. Those people, they were weak, but so great in number. They flooded into the forests and the glades where the king's children lived and forced them out. They destroyed the lands and fought over them. They brought war and disease and no one, not even the king's old children, were immune. And alas, the king had very powerful enemies that hunted him and sought to exterminate his creations. They were safe for only a few centuries at a time, no matter where they went. So, in the lands now called Scotland, Ireland, and Scandinavia, the king called to his children. He sent word that it was time to leave and go south into another place that was more secretive, more hidden. A place where the veil between worlds was thinner and there was a chance, however small, that the king could lift the veil and bring his people to a realm of safety a realm that belonged to them only, where heaven or hell or humanity could not reach them. It was upon the longest night of the year, centuries and centuries ago, that the king blew the horn and signaled to his children that it was time to take flight. The darkness of the night would hide them and cover their escape. The fearful humans nearby would be huddled in their villages, shivering around their fires and sharing tales of the forests beyond. Afraid of the dark and the terrors it held. Dragons, shapeshifters, Winged beauties who would sing you away into the woods, where you would be lost forever. Beings that communed with the dead, creatures that would steal your very soul. Yes, it was time for the king and his children to leave this place before it consumed them. On this night, the king's children rose into the sky, for they are now what you people refer to as the Fae, or fairies, 
and their ruler. He was the king of fairies, of these others. His children were the firstborn of the world. They came from a time before human beings. A time before time. They were created with the world and everything in it. And their divinity was not limited to a small spark of energy that resided in a human husk. Their souls radiated throughout their entire beings. And so despite the darkness and the clouds, they glowed like streaks of moonlight across the dark sky. Like the Aurora, both beautiful and terrible in the eyes of the people who emerged from their homes and stood frozen in place at the otherworldly caravan in the night. But our good king, he did not anticipate the spectacle, for the beauty of his children was not wondrous to his eyes in the way it was for a simple being on the earth. Nor did the king anticipate the arrival of armies who raided and pillaged each other's lands. And when the armies looked up, they saw something they could not understand or explain. The king's children frightened them and merely became another enemy. And nothing unites the hearts of mankind like fear. The first spear flew and struck one of the king's children from the sky. Then another, and another. The king blew the horn again, but now it was a cry for battle, a desperate command to fight for their lives. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Some of his children fled, while those who were strong remained and fought the armies, swooping down and snatching soldiers from the sky and dropping them from such great heights. The king's children took the armies, 
fire and scorched their weapons and battlements of wood. But the weapons of iron. So many of his children fell to the blade. There was something about iron that caused them pain and rendered them weak and helpless. As the king fought alongside his children, the battle was now relegated to solid ground. Their blood soaked into the dirt and mud along with the humans. They fell around him. His children lost their way, or they turned back in desperation to hide in the safety of what was familiar. By the time the sun rose, the king walked among the bodies of the dead and searched for any of his surviving children. If he called to them again, would they heed? He blew the horn at dawn, once, then again, then a third time. But no one stirred. All he could hope was that some had found their way. The winter was long, and the king disguised himself and walked among the human villages. He heard their tales of the armies of night, ghosts, demons, they said, led by a fearsome king who stole the souls of all those who dared wander out and cross their path. These ghouls in the night had decimated two armies. Would they come again in the dark of night to hunt for souls and look for others to join their wild hunt across the land? The songs and ballads changed over time, of course. They evolved and morphed depending which area of the world sang them. But the theme always remained the same. Beware the king and his ghastly army. And woe to those who cross his path on the longest night of the year. The king eventually made his way to the new safe haven he had found for his children. Blessedly, some of them had found it on their own, but the numbers dwindled, so he left them again in safety and went out in search of those who had been left behind, starting anew. Every year he returned to the north, and blew this horn. He searched the mountains and vales. He searched the lakes and fjords, and the islands and the archipelagos. Every year he found a few 
and they returned with him. In an abundance of caution, they slew all the humans in their path as they traveled, striking fear into the hearts of the villagers when the darkness descended in the winter. For centuries the king returned. He called to his children over and over again. Some refused to leave. Others had settled among the humans and even attempted to assimilate themselves, taking human lovers and even bearing children. His children had woven their own connections with earth and creation into the human religions. They prayed to the human gods and took part in their rituals, infusing their own singularity with nature to commune with their surroundings. On the final year of the king's call to his children, he walked under the night sky in the light of a most spectacular star. The heavens had opened up, and messengers, those he recognized as having once been his brothers, descended to the earth. One who knew his light, even after all those lost eons came to him and greeted him with his old name in a language he had not heard since he too could walk between realms. Everything is about to change, the king's old friend told him. The Father Most High is still not satisfied with the love of his creations. So he has come to earth, first to be born, then to walk as a man. Everything is about to change, my brother. Gather what children you have left and hide them well. So the king blew the horn one final time, but no more of his children answered. And so their exodus had ended, and the king returned to the last of his creations, keeping them safe in the forest until eventually the war of the humans and his ancient enemies found them there too. Since that time, the horn has remained silent, for there are few that would recognize the call and even fewer who would know what it means to answer it. I looked around the campfire only to be met with the somber stares of those around me. The wood in the center crackled and snapped, but no one else made a sound. I took my seat and the twins each wrapped an arm around one of mine, laying their heads on each of my shoulders and surrounding me with their soothing gentleness. My beauties understood. 
only they could truly know. Well, that was quite the tale, Professor. Sidney piped up from the circle around the fire. The crowd murmured in agreement, and the usual sounds of activity started to resume. People poured coffee and found sausages to roast on sticks. They chatted about the weather and the hope of getting back on the road tomorrow. In the distance, church bells rang out in the night. And I watched Sidney cock his head. Why, we've been on the road so long. I've forgotten. It's nearly Christmas. I handed him the horn, knowing he was dying to touch it. <laughs> the weaselly man all but imploded with delight and went off to show Silas, leaving me to sit in the company of Feodora and Feodosia, who each took one of my hands. Sometimes it's not the family you have, my lovelies, but the family you make. And you will be my family, always. Halcyon, the Book of Pines, is written by James Gray and Shannon Wynn, directed and edited by Jared Huffaker. Music and sound effects provided by Epidemic Sound. All episodes are available wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And I, Professor Pyman, ask for you to please rate, review, and subscribe and visit halcyonpodcast.com for more information.